praise the Lord. Hallelujah to Jesus forever. I welcome you, every one of us viewing from different locations, and welcome you again to another edition of Faith for Dominion. I welcome you today in Jesus' name. I believe God has a very has a word for every one of us, and I am very sure that this word will profit every one of us as we listen in Jesus' name. Let's always bear in mind that our faith always grows when we listen to God's word. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It's always a pleasure for me to come your way every Wednesday at this same time at our different location in the world. It's always a thing of delight. And I want to say thank you to everyone who has always uh, sent a message to us uh, telling us how this program and how these teachings have been a tremendous blessing. And I want to say thank you. It's, uh, it's a thing of joy to know that you are out there and you are being blessed by God's word. Amen. So I welcome us again today. Um, like we all know, this is Dominion, for, Dominion Voice Christian Outreach. It is on harm, and uh, the program we are watching right now is Fit for Dominion. And uh, it's, um, it's one of the outreach arm of Dominion Voice Christian Outreach. Basically, we are here to transform lives. We are here to build a people of class and to build a people who reign in life and dominate over every situation and circumstance in their lives. Remember, God gave every one of us dominion, and that dominion mandate that God has given to us must be exhibited in every area of our life, whether in ministry, or you're in business, or you're an entrepreneur, or you are a career person, or you are a, uh, you are a trader, whosoever you are, always note that it is important that you all, every one of us, must walk in dominion, being in charge, subduing every situation and circumstance that comes our way. And I want us to know that when God said in Genesis chapter 1 verse, uh, verse 28, when he said we should take charge and have dominion, that means there are situations and circumstances that we want to rear up itself to say, no, you won't take dominion. And it is God says, have dominion. And one major way to have dominion is when you walk by faith, is when we walk with God, even on the platform of faith. Remember, the scripture makes it clear that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without you and I walking in the realm of God, in the realm of faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please God. So anytime we are walking outside of faith, God is not pleased with us. That's just a simple word. Anytime you are walking by sight, anytime you are being a carnal Christian, a carnal Christian simply means a Christian that is being dominated by the five senses alone. There is nothing wrong if the five senses leads us to do things. But we must not live by the five senses. I'm talking of the eyes to see, ear to hear, the nose to, to, to smell, the tongue to taste, and your skin, skin to feel. All these are the five senses. They are they help us. Those are the things that doctors, engineers, and everybody use. That is the sense realm of reasoning. But God does not want us to stay in that realm. He wants us to come to the higher realm, which is the supernatural realm, which is the realm of faith. The realm of faith, which is the superior realm. Note that it is the superior realm. And that's the realm that every child of God, everyone must walk with and walk in. And you 
are not an exception. You are meant to walk in the realm of God, in the realm of faith. That the implication that is, <clears throat> you walk at a higher ground. You are it's a higher calling, a higher calling. God has called us and has called us into a higher calling, and that higher calling is the realm where He lives. Remember, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers, and rulers of darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. We are seated far above them. Those things are under our feet. And until we begin to walk in this realm of faith, we cannot operate at that realm that God desires us to walk. So please, the, 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 we, we, I want every one of us, children of God, never to forget that we are all our spirit people. And our spirit people, we are spirit beings. And we must dwell and live in the realm of the spirit. Now, don't feel so bad if once in a while you see exhibits um the canal <clears throat> exhibits walking by sight or you are afraid and fearful and all no, no no don't be hard on yourself all that is why this teaching is coming our way so that we can come to that realm god is not mad at you being not being able to walk in the realm of the supernatural he's not mad at you at all in fact he wants you he, he wants you to come to that realm and he's ready to to tolerate you he's ready to accommodate you he's ready to to hide to take you under his wings and make you to come into his realm which is the realm of the spirit we are spirit being remember you are a spirit you have a soul and your soul lives in the body the body is going to go away it's just clay it's just dust it's going to go away but you originally are a spirit the spirit don't die you're not going to die except when you are separated from God, every man is separated from God, not you. Because I believe you will give your heart to Christ and you will never be separated from your maker. So we <clears throat> we started a series of teaching and I think this is the fifth, uh, this is the fifth episode and we, we are going to round off on, I mean, today we'll be looking at the place of declaration in faith. The place of declaration in faith. And we said last week that when we declare we, we, we are going to look at, we were going to consider five points. We've considered the first one, which is when you want to declare, you must have, first of all, listened, study. You must have listened, you must have read, you must have studied, you must have meditated, and then you declare. The declaration is not the first thing. You must have listened to God's word, you must have read God's word, you must have studied God's word, you must have meditated on God's word. And the proceed of your meditation should now lead to declaration. And when we declare, then we see manifestation. So we talked about that. And then the second we talked about is that when we declare, it must be in line with God's word. We must declare in line with God's word, with God's mind. And we, mu we, we must be positive just as our God is positive. God is a very positive God. God is not a negative God. He's a very positive God. The, word, the Bible says his word is yea and amen. So when we declare, we must declare in line with what the word of God has said, with what God has said in his word. We just don't come out there and begin to declare what comes to our brains. And we... I will be able to establish that, look, when you are declaring, when you are declaring God's word, you must find the word of God that aligns with what you have. Now, listen to me carefully. Declaration is a form of prayer. And whether you take, take it or leave it, <clears throat> when you declare, you are, you are meant to declare what God has said. You are not declaring things that are opposite to God's word. Anything you are declaring that is a contrary to God's word, it's just, <clears throat> it's just something that is just out there in your mind, your imagination. 
and God is not is not bound. He's not bound. He's not obliged even to bring those things to pass if it contradicts his word. He won't even bring it to pass if it contradicts his word. And we all have to know that when we approach God, it's like somebody approaching the court of law. And when you go to the court of law, you 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 may you are standing before a judge. You may say, well, I want to go and defend myself and talk to the judge. Listen to me. You may talk and have a lot of points, a lot of uh, basis for what you are saying. But if you don't attach it to the law, if you don't attach it to the constitution, if you don't attach it and make reference to, to the law, the law, the law of the land, you, uh, you may not win your case. You may want, you may have a good case, but if you don't make reference to what I am saying is, is backing up by the law of the land, the, you may lose that case. Your opponent may be may not have enough proof, may not have what it takes, but if he's able to find a loop, uh, get, <clears throat> get some things in the law book, in the constitution, to back up what he's saying, you may find himself, you may find yourself losing. And that reminds me of a story of a very, of a brother to me, one of our, my my brothers in the Lord, you know, he was here in this city or in this in the country of Canada, and uh, he he picked up a job that he ought not to pick, and uh, his visa did not permit him to do that kind of a job, so he didn't know. And uh, when he was picked up, they, he had to be taken to court, and he said, "Oh, I don't need to defend. I don't need to get a lawyer. I want to explain myself to the judge. I didn't know. It was it was truly it was truly innocent. He didn't know." But when he got to the judge, he explained, but the government lawyer used the constitution and everything, and they told him to leave the land. But, you know, as God will have it, he was favored. Shortly before he was told to leave, his permanent residence, his PR application pulled through. So that case just died a natural death. But before it got to that point, um, he had to go and get a lawyer to appeal. And when he appealed, the judge now said, okay, we're going to start the case all over again. They gave him the opportunity to start the case all over again. Why? Because he was not making reference to the, to the law of the land. He had a good point. He had a good case. Yes, he didn't know, but they just, he didn't have the enough backing from the law, so from the law of the land. So eventually, to cut the long story short, he was told to stay, I mean, his PR pulled through, so the case just naturally dissolved. Now, what am I trying to say? When you are declaring, you must have the, the, the word of God. You must have the word of God backing you up. The Bible says, then I was young, now I'm old. I've not seen the righteous forsaken or a seed beg for bread. So whenever you are going to, I mean, whenever there is lack looking at you or you don't have food to eat, then you can go to the word of God and say, Lord, this is what your word says. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Then I was young, now I'm old. I've not seen the righteous forsaken or their seed beg for bread. The righteous and their seed cannot beg for bread. I cannot beg for bread. And you take that word and you continue to put it before the Lord. The Lord cannot deny his word. So when we go into the place of prayer and even the place of declaration, please always have a word to back up what you are declaring. Amen. And then number three, going forward in the teaching. Whenever we are declaring, we must declare with boldness, knowing that there is no substitute. And this is one part that a lot of people do not know. When we are declaring, please note, we have to declare with boldness. Now, when you are declaring God's word, or when you are declaring what, what you want God, what you are expecting of the Lord to do with backing up with his word, you must declare with boldness. 
Now, a lot of people, we, a lot of us, a lot of Christians, we declare, but we don't declare with boldness. We are declaring it because, okay, Pastor Larry says, I should declare and I'm declaring it. It is not enough for you to say, to have that, uh, it's good to good, it's good to have to know that Pastor Larry said it because it's in line with God's word. But you personally must have a personal conviction of God's word. You must know that the word of God is backed up with integrity and its capacity. Two things, integrity and capacity. God's word has integrity. Its word cannot fail. And not only does God's word cannot fail, God also has the capacity to do those things that he said he would do. So once you have these two at the back of your mind, you must declare with boldness. And when declaring it, declaring it even publicly, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Now listen to me carefully. When Abraham, Abraham's name was Abraham, but God said your name shall no longer be Abraham. Abraham, but Abraham. Also, Sarai was Sarai. But so your name will no longer be Sarai, but Sarah. Now, what does this mean? Abraham, Sarai means um, a princess. And then Sarah means a mother of nations. Now, I can imagine somebody at the age of 89, 90, and suddenly she says, don't call me princess again. Call me the, a mother. And people look at her and say, what's going wrong with Sarah? I mean, what's going wrong with these two couples? From Abraham to Abraham and from Sarai to Sarah. What's wrong with these two couples? Oh, maybe they are going nuts. Or maybe, mm, you know, maybe they are just trying to make themselves happy. So if Abraham went and said, don't call me Abraham again. Call me Sarah, Abraham. And Sarah, don't call me Sarah again. Call me Sarah, the mother. We know you have not given birth. We know you don't have a child. We know you do. We know you well. But... I'm telling you, it takes a lot of boldness to say, my name is changed. It takes a lot of boldness to say, don't call me this name again. And that is how it is. That's how it is. That reminds me of another person, one of my colleagues then, when I was working in the financial sector, in the banking sector. She had her first child, and then between the first and the second, there was a long delay. And she just got resolute in her mind and said, no, I am not going to take this any longer. And she began to use every scripture, every scriptural principle. And one of the principles she used is this declaration of faith. She went and would declare, when my child comes, everybody was always looking at her in the office. Like, oh, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with her? She got to a point, she did not only declare it, she wrote those confessions and pasted it on her table. One of the days, our MD went to meet her on the table and it was... I was trying to check, and I'm trying to discuss some things, and so I said, what's this on your table? And he read it, and the man just said, oh, sorry. I, I, and she just laughed and said, no, sir, don't worry. I'm, I'm on a journey. And that is the way it is. She had to write it out, pasted it on her table, and not quite long after that, that staying closely to the declaration and to the promise of God's word, she conceived, and she had the second child. Shortly after the second, the third one came again, you know, because, I mean, she just had the second one and she was thinking, oh, maybe there's going to be another form of delay. And then she took in again for the third one. Now, listen to me carefully. We have to declare boldness. When it comes to God and believing in God, it is either God or God. It is not God or my uncle. It's not God or my doctor. It's not God or this. Uncles, God may use uncles. God may use doctors. God may use uh, electricians. God can use anybody, but they are not the channel. They are just the channel. 
they are not the they are not the source. God is the source. So it is you have to focus on God. God can decide to use any channel or any vessel or any part any particular any particular person, but we must not set our eyes on those vessels that God wants to use. We must bear that in mind. So it is either God or God. God or God. God or God. Nothing else other than God. He is the El Shaddai. He is the Almighty. So when we declare, we must declare with absolute boldness. You must declare with absolute boldness. You know, some time ago I was listening to um, Joel Austin sharing. And he shared a testimony of somebody in his office. Who, a lady who had uh, who was quite of age and was trusting God for a biological child. And this lady, according to the testimony, would say, When my child comes, just like the case of my colleague, also say, When my child comes, when my child comes, or when, when, I, when I go on maternity. And his, Joel said, He had to ask his sister that, Is she pregnant? And said, No, that's the way she talks. She's just been believing God. She said, Even he himself said, Look, this woman is getting of age. I mean, she's quite getting of age. Why don't she just go adopt her? Maybe God wants to answer our prayer in another way. But she said this woman kept at it and kept at it until one day truly the woman got pregnant and gave birth. Now listen to me. Time and space is not a hindrance to God's fulfillment of his promise in your life. It's not. It's not. We have, once you are declaring it, declare it with God's declare it with boldness. Declare with boldness. Then number three, number four, <clears throat> to run quickly, is when you declare, please declare, backing it up with actions. Now, when you look at the scripture, which had been our text, which we have been looking at, and that is 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 848 to 49 this time. Now, this is one part of the scripture that we have been considering, I mean, in the last couple of, um, last couple of weeks, and this is the story of David and Goliath, you know. Goliath said to David, he declared first against David, but David was not quiet. He also immediately took over the declaration from him and declared much more than Goliath did. And he began to say exactly, and everything he said was what came to pass, irrespective of the time and uh, the time or the size of Goliath. No, it's not the size of the mountain. It is the size of the fight and the God that is on the inside of you that matters. And that is one thing David did. So when we look at that, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48 to 49, I read to us 1 Samuel 17, 48 to 49. <clears throat> he says, so it was, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine, then 49. Then David put out his hands into his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and, uh, and struck the Philistine on the forehead and so that the stone sank into the into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. He fell face down. He didn't fall, fall backward. No, he fell face down because it was a battle of gods. Remember, Goliath first of all caused David by his gods. He knew what he was doing. And David also knew exactly what he was into. That look, this battle is a spiritual battle. It may look physical or carnal, but it's a battle of the gods. It's a battle of the Most High. And when Goliath was going to fall, he fell face down before the God of David. Now, one thing that David did there was that David arose and ran towards him. As Goliath was walking towards him, David was not backing up. He was not backing out. He ran towards him. That is corresponding action. Your faith must have corresponding action. It must have corresponding action. 
it is very, very important. We must, as David ran, so also you have to put corresponding action to your faith. Corresponding action to your faith. And let me share this brief testimony with you. I mean, with you. Um, it was this happened when I was still a bachelor and I was living as a single person. And uh, there was this day I was going to visit my wife, my wife now that I'm married to, uh, you know, and um, I was going to visit and that very day, you know, I didn't have any money on me, Not I was still trying to go for a job, and I didn't have any money on me. And um, I, I woke up that very Saturday morning going to visit her, and I got up, I went to the washroom, I took my bath, I brushed my mouth, and uh, my cousin that we were living together, he asked me a question, he said, um, uh, have you gotten money? And I said, uh, no, the money is not yet on me. The, the money is not yet, but I know that something will happen. And he looked at me and turned, and he held his book, and he was, and he, he just let me alone. And, well, I hope you're not coming to ask me for money. And I got up, took my shower, brushed my mouth, and uh, dressed up, and I started out walking to the bus stop. Now, as at the time I was doing all these things, the money was not, there was no money anywhere. But I had to put a corresponding action to my faith. What is my faith? That I am going to visit my fiancé. And I needed to go visit her, but I couldn't sit down. I knew that I, until I put corresponding action, there won't be any performance. So I got dressed and I wore my shoes and I got up from, the, from, the, from my apartment and I walked. I was walking to the, to the, to the bus stop. As I got to the entrance of my house, the place where I was staying, and a man that I've worked for, I did a project for him then, I wrote a project for him, which he presented, he was owing me. At that very same time, he was walking across my house. And he looked at me and said, oh, called me and said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, I should have paid you. I'm so sorry, but please, let me just pay part of it. I didn't say a word. That's the, that's, the, that's the beauty of it. He just saw me, and I didn't even know that he was going to say all those things. And he walked up, and he called me, and he put his hand, and he gave me money. He, he paid me part of the work that I did for him, the kind of part of the project, I mean, part of the work I did. And when he paid, the amount he paid was sufficient enough to take me to and fro to visit my wife, and not only that, even to buy her a gift. And when I, he walked on and gave me that money, and I kept walking straight to the bus stop, I began to think in me, wow, this is the way faith works. Corresponding action must back up your faith. Corresponding action must back up your faith. And that is where this is very, very important. The Bible says, faith without corresponding action is death. So I got that money and I was able to make my visit, make my trip. Now, let's take a step back. If that day I'd stayed in the room and I was saying I'm expecting the money to come and I lay on my bed, I would not have it. And that is a mistake many of us make. We think we want to see before we act. When it comes to the realm of faith and the realm of God, you don't need to see before you act. You begin to act and behave in a way that as though you already have it. You have to remember what Jesus Christ said. He said, if you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and you do not doubt in your heart that those things which you have said will come to pass, you shall have it. You don't doubt. So you don't need to see it before you believe it. When you see it already, you don't need to believe what you have seen. You know it is. But when you don't see it, then you believe it's going to come to pass. Then you begin to act 
appropriately. You begin to act in consonance with what you expect and what you have declared. And that is very, very important. So when you are declaring, please put action to it. And not only putting action into it, the last point, which I'm going to say right now, and I round off on this teaching, is please, as you act and walk, listen to for the voice of the Spirit. Listen to the voice for the voice of the Holy Spirit. There are times the Holy Spirit will tell you to do some things that are ridiculous when you are declaring it. Please do it. The Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, said, whatever he tells you to do, do. That is, whatever he tells you to do, do it. So you have to listen for the voice of the Spirit. There are times you may be looking for a job, and the Lord will tell you, you are not in need of a job. I am giving you an idea. Go and start with this idea. Take this from this place and take it to this place and start doing trade. You have to listen. If you don't listen and you are just like this with a single mind, it has to be a job. It has to be a job. And the Lord is speaking to you that, no, I'm not answering this prayer this way. I'm going to answer it this way. You have to listen to the voice of the Spirit. Listening to the voice of the Spirit is that area, that aspect that every child of God must know. We must know how to listen to the voice of the Spirit. Uh, um, next week, I will be sharing with us on the voices, the voice, the voice, how you can recognize, I mean, the different types of voices that, that exist. This is one area that in our work of faith, we must get to understand how to recognize the voice of the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God is not subject to you. You are subject to Him. He's not going to wait on you. You are to you and I have to wait on him. The Bible did that wait upon the Lord. The Bible did not say he did the Lord wait upon. No, it said they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Next week, I'll be sharing with us on the five voices that speaks and how you can recognize the voice of the Spirit. How you can recognize it. So when we are walking and declaring, that's the last area. You must be submissive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit may tell you what to do. Don't expect the Holy Spirit to answer you the way you think he, you want him. No, he is the one that's going to make up his mind on who, how he wants to answer your prayers. He is the one. It's not like somebody trusting God for a car. You're saying, I need money to buy a car. God can decide to give you a car as a gift. He can decide to buy, to give you money to buy the car. He can decide even that you may win, or you may you may go to somebody and say, okay, somebody wants to travel and say, okay, have the car and pay instrumentally. He can answer that prayer in different ways. It is for us to listen to him. I'm going to stop here. Are you there? You you want to give your heart to Jesus. You are not born again. Listen to me carefully. No matter how much you declare, the Bible says the prayer of a sinner is an abomination before the Lord. And I want you to know that if you are not born again, you are a sinner. And your prayer is an abomination before the Lord. Do you want your prayer to be answered? Do you want God? Do you want to have a personal relationship with Jesus? When you receive Jesus, you establish a relationship with the Father, the Most High God. And it is important for you to give your heart to Christ. If you don't give your heart to Christ, you are not going to get it right. In fact, you are going to shortchange yourself. Are you there? You want to give your heart to Christ? Please say this prayer with me and mean it from your heart. Lord Jesus, I come to you today 
to accept you as my Lord and Savior. I am sorry for my sins and I ask for forgiveness. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me with your precious blood. Today I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that Christ Jesus died for me and I confess with my mouth that he is Lord. Today I am saved. Today I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. Have you given your heart? I'm so excited. Please do me a mail. Do me an email. Write me on um, Dominion Voice, Dominion Outreach at gmail.com. Dominion Outreach at gmail.com. Please do me a mail. Let me know you gave your heart to Christ and let's establish a contact. And please, no matter where you're watching this program for, please look for a Bible believing church. Go in there and give you and tell the, go to meet the pastor and tell them that Pastor Larry sent you to them and that you want to grow as a child of God. The Lord bless you, the Lord increase you, the Lord cause you to flourish. Till I come your way again next week, this same time, always remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. God bless you. Greater things are coming for you. I love you and Jesus love you more. God bless you. Bye.